I saw you. I saw the pumpkin in front of us. I got excited and I panicked. Here we are. I don't think I've eaten a pumpkin in the last year. No, I don't think so. You've had pumpkin flavored things. Like we had those, the the dove white chocolate little pumpkin pie. Oh ones, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, they have some graham cracker. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, but yeah, no, I guess, I guess you're more of like a chip eater or Taco Bell breakfast eater. Great. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that works. You know what? You come up with an intro. <laughs> It's hard. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Here we are. Here we are. Welcome back to our second week. Back. Back at it again. Yeah. With, with the spooky stories. With your with your boys, Hannah and Justin. That's, Great. That's us. Mm-hmm. And we are joined today by our stalker kitties. We have Sage, who is perched up in his tower, staring at us, plotting our demise. Mm-hmm. And we got little Stinky Pete who has just passed out already yes uh her name is not pete by the way it's liddy (laughs) but that's fine i don't know i don't know where the stinky pete came from but i have no idea honestly that was you i think you can't question these things no no so we hope you had a super wonderful and spooky and safe halloween hope you got ton of candy or whatever your your jam is and yeah maybe dressed up maybe watch something scary i don't know maybe you just took a bubble bath good Whatever you did. We watched football and that was about it. Yeah, mostly. It was great. Yeah. It was a great weekend for the NFL. Yeah, it was. And the Badgers. And the Badgers. Wow. Great. Um, so I think I'm going first this week. You are, and I'm super excited. All right. I mean, do you want to just jump in? Let's just kaploosh right in. So this week. I have kind of a weird one. Um, without anybody having suggested it. Hmm. But I do have to say, <laughs> last week's episode oh, my Lord. was suggested to us many moons ago by someone named Lisa, my mother. The most special, <laughs> the most perfect the most wholesome mm-hmm. Lisa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She uh, actually suggested <laughs> that we talk about the Amityville case yeah. a very long time ago. And yes. it just fits so perfectly yeah. with the return of the podcast, you know, kind of rounding out spooky season here. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently I didn't give her a shout out. No, you week. didn't. And it was quite rude because I also forgot. Mm. But you know who never mm. forgets? Moms. Moms. Yeah. So, Lisa, this one's for you, you special lady. Thank this you so much. This episode is now for you. This one's for you. <laughs> um, so, I have a weird one this week. All right. I'm excited. Um, I brought it up to you once a little while ago um, to see if you'd ever heard of it. Mm, okay. Uh, so, I got all of my uh, information from sleepfoundation.org, mm-hmm. WebMD, <laughs> and of course... The all-knowing and ever-present Wikipedia. God bless. They, have, they just have so many good reference sites to like go to. They seriously do. And I feel so bad because every time I go on there, they're like, can you please donate yeah. 50 cents to keep us alive? And I was like, Wikipedia, I love you. I just don't but have 50 cents to spare. I don't. But Except I'm gonna... for on my 
large caramel macchiato. Exactly. From Mocha. Exactly. It's yeah. just one of those things where, I don't know, maybe like the mail system where it's like you use it, but you don't appreciate it until it's gone or lacking. That will probably be very sadly true coming up within the next couple of years. Yeah. But it's fine. That's all right. The spookiest thing of them all does not need to be the truth. It can be whatever you're going to talk about right now. Well, and what I'm going to talk about right now is called exploding head syndrome. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So let me let me start you off here. Imagine it's nighttime. You're laying in your bed. All right. After a long day of work, you know, you got home, worked out, ate supper, watched your shows, read your books. Time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. You're laying down. About to fall asleep, all of a sudden you hear bam, a gunshot, an explosion. What was that? You think to yourself, was it real? Do I need to go up and check? Should I grab my own weapons to protect myself? No. Surprisingly enough, that sound was in your head. It was not real. Unless it was, in which case you need to call the cops. Please do. But <laughs> yes. in in the instances of exploding head syndrome, that sound was not real. It was in your head. Mm. Have you ever heard of this? I have not heard of this until you told me about it. And I think the first thing that I thought, and I'm thinking it right now, is that... For me, and I know you, sleeping Hmm. is such a sacred time. Sometimes I wake up and the first thing I think about is, wow, in 12 to 16 hours, I get to go to bed again. Yeah. And I'm so excited. So Um, I I personally hate everything Mm -hmm. and anything that keeps me from sleeping Correct. Currently, you know, including like, cats. Yeah, I mean, like you know, kids, cats, uh, different things. Yeah. But especially when it's my own body, I think that that is completely miserable. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited for you to explain how this occurs, why this occurs, and then for us to just because I I had never heard of it, so I didn't even know it was a thing. I'm just wondering, like, what the commonality of it is. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about it a little bit. Exploding head syndrome, or EHS. Mm-hmm is a parasomnia sleep disorder defined by episodes that typically occur during the transition period between sleep and wakefulness. These episodes feature imagined sounds or sensations that create the perception of a loud explosion and possibly a flash of light in the sleeper's head. These episodes are brief, usually lasting less than a second. Although this disorder is not associated with physical pain, People may feel frightened or anxious after the episode subsides, obviously. Those who experience more than one episode during the course of a single night may also experience um, some strong, like, sensory arousal that can lead to sleep loss. Sure. Yeah. Um, So, the most common symptoms, according to the International Classification of Sleep Disorders, patients must meet all of the following criteria to receive a diagnosis. Uh, number one, it complaints of loud noises or sensations that mimic the effects of an explosion in the head during transition periods between sleep and wakefulness. 
Number two, feelings of intense sensory arousal and possibly fright following these episodes. And then three, no significant physical pain during or following the episodes. Okay. Um, and then on the, although it's not part of the diagnostic criteria, some people perceive flashes of light during their episodes as well. Um, they're called myoclonic jerks. Um, involuntary twitches that affect groups of muscles. Sometimes this also occurs. Oh, okay. So it's like a spasm, basically, okay. like a muscle spasm. I wonder if that's the same thing where I, I know that I get it sometimes. I know you've gotten it. I don't think it's a kind of common thing where you right before you're about to fall asleep you like dream that you you trip, like you trip. yeah you trip or over you a curb or something and that's, your body just jerks you awake i wonder that's if what that is okay. that's what the myoclonic jerks are myoclonic myoclonic yeah okay that's cool i didn't yeah i just i get so mad at myself when i do that yeah and you do it a lot yeah scare myself awake it's really annoying when i'm trying to sleep mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. welcome yeah good you can sleep on the couch there's there's good. no problem with that great fine um Okay, so it's hard because this disorder has not been extensively studied. Mm. So a prevalence rate actually is not known currently. Um, It's been documented since the 1870s, but we don't have like really good studies of it. Um, Research suggests that it occurs more commonly in women than men. Um, the median case or the median age for all reported cases is 58, but cases have been reported with patients ranging from younger than 10 to older than 80. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and then some cases involve two or more members of the same family, but a genetic link has not officially been established. Okay. So it kind of seems like it's just right now. It seems like it's kind of just random. Yeah. It's like your brain is just not not being very nice no oh gosh that's miserable yeah i'd be so scared to fall asleep right um the frequency of episodes varies by patient of course mm-hmm. um, some experience multiple episodes over the course of one night oh. patients have also reported repeated episodes over several consecutive nights following weeks or months of complete inactivity so it can go away yeah for a month or many months and then just randomly it'll show back up Ugh. Yeah. In most cases, patients don't notice any factors that lead up to hmm. the episodes. So, like, there's no way to tell that it's going to happen. Okay. Um, that being said, some claim to experience a greater number of episodes when they're stressed or tired. Um, okay. So, like, nothing specifically leads to it. Sure. But people do notice that when they're stressed or overtired, they can get it more. Hmm. Um, which is not really great because it's just a a bad cycle at that point. Exactly. Um, feelings of fright immediately following the episodes are common, as are physiological signs of fear, mm-hmm. such as sweating, heart palpitations, and difficulty breathing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a 2020 survey of 3,286 individuals with EHS, which is to date the largest sample studied for the disorder. Yeah found roughly 44% of patients experience, quote, significant fear upon waking up. Uh, Recurring attacks can also lead to clinical distress, particularly if the patient has worries or concerns about a more serious underlying condition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is just crazy to me. This, (laughs) 
I hate to say it, but it blows my mind. Oh, you think because you got a mustache that you can tell these dad jokes? That's pretty good, though. Yeah, kind of. Well, I meant to ask you, how did you hear about this? Uh, I don't remember. I think I came across it in a reading I was doing. I was reading some articles. Okay. Um, Just like in passing one day. Sure. That I thought would be interesting. And this came up. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of sucks because it's like, you know, the, the, the researcher part in me loves that there are clinical studies being done and that there's um, research being done in at, in general, but also to, to have a sample size. I mean, yeah, 3,200 is, is small, but that's already, that's also 3,200 people who are thinking that, that something is really wrong and yeah. they're waking up, most of them, with some of them, with fear. Mm-hmm. And that's not... That's terrifying. Yeah, definitely. Because also try to, not to be rude, but try explaining this to someone yeah. who doesn't who doesn't have this. Right. And then finding out that, oh, yeah, it's clinically diagnosed as exploding head syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's not fun. Mm-mm. Well, and that... It's kind of a good segue, actually, because I wanted to talk about whether or not exploding head syndrome was dangerous. Mm, okay. Um, in general, it's considered a harmless condition. Okay. It does not pose a danger to one's health. Um, in fact, primary management of the disorder includes education and reassurances about its benign nature. Oh. Um, So some people even experience fewer episodes after hearing that information alone. Um, So like most people diagnosed with EHS will receive a good prognosis. Um, The disorder is not known to be associated with any additional conditions that would occur. Um, With proper treatment and time, EHS episodes may completely disappear. Okay. So besides, you know, the fear that it puts into you, there is no known like detriment to your health. Okay. Okay. So it's not really bad for you. Sure. It just is it just sucks. Yeah. Just like more of the short term things that can maybe come from like sleep deprivation or, or that spike of adrenaline at night. Yeah. Or whenever you're sleeping. Yeah. Okay. Uh so I in my research, I decided to turn to the front page of the internet known as Reddit. <laughs> So I looked this up on Reddit and I found a Reddit Ask Me Anything post. Really? Posted by Tamer. Oh, hi, Tamer. Uh, So I'm just going to read this verbatim. This is their kind of explanation of of what was going on. And they were diagnosed with EHS. Okay. I'm really excited to hear this from like a firsthand account. Yeah. This is really interesting. First thing first. The syndrome plays out differently for a lot of people. Personally, I get for a few brief seconds some really loud noise entirely generated by my brain. And it really is noise, though. Something like a high-pitched tone mixed with static. I would say something in the area of 8 to 10 kilohertz. And there's also some burst feeling to it, really like an explosion of brain signals. Pretty much what you would imagine people targeted by some painful mental attack from a psychic or alien force are feeling. Of course, it's nothing close to a headache and actually it's not really painful. It's mostly about the noise, which is way too loud. Mm. 
But the most disturbing aspect of each experience is the fear that comes with it. Paralyzing for some people, at least it was for me initially. My first outburst occurred when I was 16 or 17. It was late at night, like 4 or 5 a.m. I suddenly woke up with an attack, like if I suddenly awoke from a nightmare. I was laying on my back, and the first thing that came to mind was that I was getting abducted or in imminent danger from an alien race. At least I was convinced my life was in danger. I was completely paralyzed, unable to move except finding the strength to shout, not even very loudly, after a few seconds. It ended after what seemed like an eternity, it probably lasted between 5 and 10 seconds, and I could not find sleep for hours. It came back quite often afterwards, and a couple years later it stopped entirely and came back sporadically. I learned to deal with it, at first by trying to wake up. Um, You are completely aware of what is going on when it happens, but at the same time you feel like you're in a different state of mind, something similar to dreaming right after awakening. Example, like you snooze your alarm clock, Mm -hmm. which I have that a lot. Mm -hmm. As an aside to the story, I have that a lot. Mm -hmm. If I wake up to an alarm and I turn it back off and go back to sleep, I will dream very awarely. Yeah. I remember everything that happens in those dreams. That's so interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, or so back to the story. So dreaming right after awakening or like when lucidly dreaming. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know you can stop dreaming at any time you want, given some effort, and you eventually realize it's the same thing with the attacks. But now I've gotten to a point where I am so much aware of what's going on when it's about to occur that I'm not even trying to wake up, although I should because that makes me restless for the entire day. I'm more tired and out of mental focus when it happens than if I had slept two or three hours that night. Although it's getting sort of a challenge or experimenting to find out more about the attacks, trying to understand them further, except I don't really need to or want to, I just do it when it happens. I didn't have any attacks for quite some time, months, maybe a year or two, until very recently. Fatigue is definitely the main factor why I get them now, but strangely, in the first few years, they occurred systematically when I slept on on my back and I adapted to sleeping exclusively on my stomach, but they started to occur when I sleep on my stomach now as well, FML. It's like your safe space. Right, exactly. Oh. Yeah, so that's the end of the post. Okay. Um, Of course... Lots of people interacting, yeah. and commenting, um, basically just education. But sure. I just thought that was really interesting. Like, they they got to the point where they know it's about to happen. Yeah. But it still doesn't matter sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I I believe that they were saying that sometimes they would they would almost prefer to wake themselves up. Mm-hmm than to try and just let it happen because they feel more restful when they do that. Is yeah. That, when that, you, when you okay. force yourself into wakefulness instead yeah. of going through an episode, yeah, you feel better yeah. than if you let yourself go through it. That's so interesting. Yeah. Huh? Well, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping ahead or if, if we already talked about this, but um, so please stop me. I think that I just, I had some misconceptions of, about the people who were living with this and suffering with this because I in my mind I was like okay well maybe it's just the name of the of the of the 
condition Mm -hmm. or just what I thought I knew. But I, I assumed that people who lived with this were maybe survivors of some sort of trauma. Yeah. They maybe worked with trauma. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, people who are constantly in high stress situations, it's like your body doesn't know how to, to turn off. Yeah. But it doesn't really seem, seem like that's the case that no, yes, really. sometimes the people are like, okay, yeah, I recognize maybe sometimes it happened when I'm fatigued or stressed, but it's not a general characteristic of that person. Right. Which is really weird. Yeah, it yeah. is. Hmm. Uh, so now we have to move on to how was exploding head syndrome diagnosed and treated. Oh, okay. Um, there are no objective tests used to diagnose EHS. However, diagnostic criteria can help doctors distinguish this from conditions that produce similar symptoms. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, sudden onset headache syndromes like idiopathic stabbing headaches and thunderclap headaches also cause episodes that occur without warning. Pain often accompanies these episodes and they commonly occur during the waking hours. Other conditions EHS patients may be evaluated for include nocturnal epilepsy, hypnic headaches, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. Since EHS does not appear to affect sleep duration or architecture, some patients undergo uh, polysomnography tests or magnetic resonance imaging to check for underlying conditions just to make sure there's nothing else going on. Uh, Physicians often ask patients about other sleep disorders and medical or psychiatric conditions. Studies suggest a strong link between EHS and insomnia, as well as sleep paralysis, but more research is needed. Okay. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. They definitely feel like they would go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, But EHS is normally treated without medication. Okay. While there is no record of a research or clinical trial exploring drug treatment options for the disorder, some medications have reportedly been effective at alleviating some symptoms. Hmm. But overall, uh, it seems like the best treatment is education yeah. and like acceptance and reassurance, hmm. which is not the, the greatest thing to hear. No. Because it's not really, a, it's not just a fix it no. kind of is like a barely a band-aid yeah like i <laughs> i love the education part but also how how do you help people right now yeah 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 okay but i mean that's unfortunately that's pretty much all i have okay just that it doesn't seem to be really widespread yeah um seems to be random generally affects women more than men Mm. any age range sure and the best thing we can do is talk about it so here we are here we are spread the word yeah i like that because i think that you know if someone came to you or maybe even you you have experienced this i don't know don't don't self-diagnose yourself don't be a hypochondriac like hannah is great but you know some research i like that yeah yeah that's fascinating justy wow thanks wow that's all i have today okay okay i like it thanks
thank you, Justy. I really enjoyed your story. And I am excited to see, you know, as we continue to age, if anything else comes of it, you know, if any more research comes of it, or if we start hearing about it more, I think that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So for my story, I am going to talk about something that's pretty different because unfortunately, um, there are a lot of things in this world that scare me. One of them being things that my body does without my control. So exploding head syndrome mm. sounds awful mm-hmm. because I like having complete control over my body. Correct. You know, I don't like aliens. Ah. Uh. And there's one more big, big thing that as soon as the word or two words are said, I immediately get uncomfortable. I, if I'm not going to swear because I know that St. Lisa is listening, Mm -hmm. but I basically want to get the F out and I say that I don't mess around with this. Is it Texas laws? (laughs) (laughs) You got them, baby. (laughs) Texas in general. Yes, basically. Basically. Well, unfortunately, Justin, there is something a little scarier, depending on who you talk to, Mm. than -hmm. Texas. And that is a Ouija board. Yes. So. Very. Everybody. Very scarier. I don't mess with Ouija's. Justin, have you ever used a Ouija board? Uh, I've used a wall Ouija board. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> Did you really? Because no. that's a super cute idea. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I just thought it'd be funny. That's pretty good. But have you, like, did you no. ever... Were you ever in the presence of one growing up? Not that I know of. Okay. So you chose your friends wisely. I guess so. I'm very yeah. proud of you. The 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 craziest thing that we did at sleepovers was play like Spider-Man 2 on the PS1. So That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It got wild. That's sounds like a rad time. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I understand that my opinions are possibly very um strong Mm. but i will not ever ever touch a ouija board if someone brings one out i'm gone yeah i don't care if it's my mother if you do it bye we're done Mm -hmm. i can't i don't care i don't want to mess with it Mm -hmm. so of course and i was like hannah why not let's talk about something that makes you super uncomfortable let's do that so That's here we what are we're here for yeah. today. I guess I was just really surprised that neither one of us had ever covered this before. Okay. I, I think I kind of just had like a, a huge brain fart. It's mm-hmm. like, no, we've already talked about this. And then I had to go back through my notes. I was like, wow, it's been almost two years and yeah. we haven't talked about this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I today am going to be talking about the history of Ouija boards oh. and some possible modern day true stories. Wonderful. So we'll see how this goes. Great. So first and foremost, of course, we got to cite the sources. My biggest source is from Linda Rodriguez McRobbie for uh, Smithsonian Magazine, which I thought was super cool. 
I got some information from cultofweird.com. And lastly, Kotaku.com, which oh, I thought that you yeah, would like. I may have actually read that article. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm interested to see how much you know about the history of Ouija boards. Okay. Uh, I do apologize. This might be a little long just depending on how quick I talk, but there was just so much fascinating information that I had never heard of. It's all necessary. That's it is the so thing. cool. Yeah. Super, super cool. All right. So you're ready to take a, a, a trip through time with me? Uh. No, but we'll do it anyway. Okay, sounds good. That's what I like to hear. Great. Pure enthusiasm. <laughs> All right, Justy. In February of 1891, the first few advertise advertisements started appearing in papers quoting Ouija, the wonderful talking board. Ugh. 1891. Yikes. This was boomed by a Pittsburgh toy and novelty shop describing a magical device that answered questions, quote, about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy. I don't know how to do like an old time radio voice. Um, <laughs> and promised never failing amusement and recreation for all the classes. Wow. Oh, wow. Very inclusive. Thank you, 1890s. <laughs> Love it. Uh, it also said that uh, the Ouija board was a link, quote, between the known and unknown, the material and the immaterial. Another advertisement found in a New York City newspaper declared it, quote, interesting and mysterious and testified uh, that it was uh, proven as patent um, and it was on sale for one dollar and fifty cents. Wow. So that's really expensive. It sure was. Holy crap. What, what a bargain. I guess. It's not. Don't again. No. All right. The mysterious talking board was basically sold in what is now like your your everyday kind of a shop. So think of think of a place that yes, sold candy and board games and games in general, but also where you would go to buy um, I don't know, like laundry supplies and like a just, convenience store. Like a convenience store. Thank you. I could not think of what it was what I was trying to think of, yeah. but it was sold not in specialty stores. It was sold basically everywhere, which is very interesting. And yes, dear listener, you may be thinking, okay, I know what a Ouija board looks like, but we're going to talk about it. So back in the 1890s, the distinct flat board with letters of the alphabet arrayed in two semicircles above the numbers zero through nine, the words yes and no in the mm. uppermost corners and goodbye at the bottom, accompanied by a planchette, or a tear, teardrop-shaped device, usually with a small window in the body, which is used to maneuver across the board. Mm -hmm. The idea was, and currently still is, is that two or more people sit around the board, place their fingertips on the planchette, pose a question, and watch dumbfoundedly as the planchette moved from letter to letter, spelling out the answers seemingly of its own accord. The biggest difference now in materials is that the board is now is usually cardboard rather than wood, mm -hmm. and the planchette is plastic now instead of like an actual metallic yeah. um, thing. So, in their defense, maybe the one hundred and fifty was actually yeah actually appropriate. Yeah, it took so. a little bit more work to make it. Exactly, you can just burn it if your family is freezing at night. You know, it's fine. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, so though truth in advertising is hard to come by, especially in products from the 19th century, the Ouija board was indeed interesting and mysterious, and it had been proven to work at the patent office before its patent was allowed to proceed. What? And even today, psychologists believe that it may 
indeed offer a link between the known and unknown. <laughs> all right, all right. I I've see heard, your face. I've heard, <laughs> I've heard the explanation of this. So it is very interesting. This is super cool. Yeah. This is why I jumped on board because I went into this just terrified. Yeah. And I was like, science? Yes. You there? Yes. What? Science right. is there. Science is there. It's weird. I love it. Yeah. All right. But before we do that, we got a little bit more groundwork. Okay. Let's go. All right. So the real history and the real thing that people want to know is just how the mysterious game works. So Ouija historian, which God, what a life. Oh, <laughs> yeah. To have that so be great. your descriptor <laughs> as a human being. Oh, I would good. love it. Robert Murch. What a name has been researching the story of the board since 1992 and is classified as one of like the the go-to people to interview for the U.S. Sure. Uh, when he started his research, he says no one really knew anything about the origins, which struck him as odd. He said, for such an iconic thing that strikes both fear and wonder in American culture, how can no one know where it came from? So he, he set out to, to, to fix that. All right. So the Ouija board, in fact, did come straight out of American 19th, 19th century obsession with spiritualism. So if you remember anything about U.S. history, which I sure don't, I basically tuned in World War II and on. And that's about it. And even even those 90 years are still a little rough. For yeah, me. yeah. 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 But the basic premise of spiritualism is that the belief is that the dead are able beings to communicate with the living yeah crazy concept spiritualism which had been around for years in europe hit america hard in 1848 because that's when wisconsin became a state obviously that's why yeah yep. <laughs> um, with the sudden prominence of the fox sisters of upstate new york the foxes claimed to receive messages from spirits who rapped on their walls and answers to questions reacting or excuse me recreating this recreating this feat of channeling in parlors across the state so of course you would have people who maybe would swindle a little money out of you sure. but it's fine uh the fox sisters quickly became celebrities and Naturally. aided by the stories of these celebrity sisters yeah. God, the fox sisters i love it um, and other spiritualists in the new national press, spiritualism reached millions of, of people and really its peak in the second half of the 19th century. Hmm. For some reason, this article really wanted to mention that Mary Todd Lincoln, Mary Lincoln Todd, Mary Lincoln Todd, Mary Todd Lincoln, Mary Todd Lincoln, Mary Todd Lincoln. It just sounds weird. You know what I mean? I mean, her last name was Lincoln. I know, but it just sounds weird. It's Mary Todd. Yeah. Mary Todd Lincoln. Ugh. She was a big believer of spiritualism and yes. was like a fan of this. Yes, she was. Very strange. Yeah. This is what I really like. I think spiritualism is for everybody because hear me out. Spiritualism worked for Americans. It was compatible with the Christian dogma, meaning one could hold a seance on Saturday night and have no qualms about going to church the next day. I love it. It was an acceptable, even wholesome activity to contact spirits at seances through automatic writing or table turning parties in which participants would place their hand on a small table and watch it begin to shake and rattle while they all declared and swore that they were not moving it. <laughs> I don't. All right. This seems to contradict um, Christianity a little bit. <laughs> a bit. 
It's fine. It's really fine. All right. So now we, of course, have to move into the the name itself. Mm-hmm. So contrary to popular belief, Ouija is unfortunately not a combination of the French for yes or we oui, and the German ya. Yeah. Like we 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 g like that's we ya. Uh. We we ya. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's not it's not that's yet. how it's, it's not spelled. yes, yes. Yes. That's it how is. it's spelled, but I would like if it was just yes, yes. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, but no. Uh Merch, you remember Merch? He's our he's our expert. Yeah. Merch says, based on his research, it was one of the producers of the Ouija board named Bond. We don't know his first name. His sister-in-law, Helen Peters, uh, who said, oh, who is referred to as a strong medium, supplied the instantly recognizable handle. Sitting around the table one night, they asked their, their family members what this new board should be called. And the name Ouija came through. As in the name Ouija was spelled out on the board itself. Oh, weird. Yeah. So it like it named itself, supposedly. That's really interesting. Yeah. They then asked the board, what does this mean? What does your word mean? And the board replied, good luck. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What a dick. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) Uh, So Erie and Cryptic for the uh, excuse me eerie and cryptic but for the fact that peters acknowledged that she was a lock wearing a locket bearing the picture of a woman the name ouija above her head so to go back one of the women who was in the seance that night yeah was wearing a locket the woman supposedly in mm-hmm. the picture had the words ouija written above her head that was interesting in the locket why Whatever. i don't i don't know so it didn't name itself. Sure. Oh, this is confusing already. <laughs> <laughs> However, okay, okay, guys, some clarification. So that's the story that emerged from the Ouija's founding founders. It's very possible that the woman in the locket was a famous author and popular women's rights activist, Ouida, which is W, excuse me. Uh-huh. Oh my God, Hannah, letters. O-U-I-D-A. Ah, yes. Who Helen Peters really admired mm-hmm. and that Ouija was just a misreading of Ouida. Does that okay. make sense? So what? Yeah. So Weedy? Ouida? Weedy? Yeah. Because it's pronounced Ouija. Yeah. So it would be Weedy? Yeah. I don't. But why? I don't. English is so weird. I don't understand. It's probably not even English. I don't even know. Probably not. But you know what? I like Ouija because there's a lot of vowels in one. Like it's four vowels. That should not happen. It does sound like Ouija. Maybe that's where Luigi came from. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. Screw the the hundreds of years that Luigi was used as like an Italian. Italy didn't exist before this. That is true. Italy came into existence in uh, in 1902. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, Justin, you may be thinking, okay, well, Ouija scares you, Hannah. Why is that? It just sounds like something that rich white people do on Saturday nights to diminish other spiritualist things that other cultures have done for thousands of years. Wow. What you said. Wow. Well, Justin, what is very interesting is, is that the Ouija board, up until 1973, was just something that was mysterious, perennially popular, interesting, 
and something that just really wasn't in mainstream anymore. However, I don't know if you remember this year, but in the year 1973. Oh, yeah, I was there. The little known movie, The Exorcist, came Mm. out and changed everything. Yeah, I was there for that. Yeah, I thought so. Mm -hmm. Great, great time to be alive. Definitely. (laughs) So, Justin, I've only seen The Exorcist once. I'd like to see it again. Yeah. It messed me up. Yeah. The 70s. Wow. Just. Yeah, they really did a number on us kids. I don't remember how much you know about remember about this movie, but quite a bit. Okay, cool. Well, so then you'll know this. Mm -hmm. So in 1973, The Exorcist, filled with its pea soup and head spinning and supposedly based on a true story business and the implication that 12 year old Regan was possessed by Captain Howdy. (laughs) Yeah. After she played with a Ouija board. Right. Everything changed. According to Merch, he said, it's kind of like Psycho. No one was afraid of showers until that scene. Yes. It's a clear line explaining that before The Exorcist, film and TV depictions of the Ouija board were usually jokey and silly. I Love Lucy, for example, featured a 1951 episode in which Lucy Lucy and Ethel held a seance using a Ouija board. But for at least 10 years afterwards, it's no joke. The Exorcist actually changed the fabric of pop culture and how people view it today. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So almost overnight, the Ouija board came from something that was used as a parlor game or something that many families would have into an actual tool of the devil. And for that reason, horror writers just jumped on it. Yeah. Uh, And movie makers. It began popping up in so many scary movies, and it mm-hmm. usually was the the door between the hell and evil spirits and hell-bent whatever to reality. Yeah. Outside of the theater, the following year saw that the Ouija board denounced uh, by religious groups as, excuse me, outside of the theater, the following year saw the Ouija board being denounced by many religious groups saying that it was Satan's preferred method of communication. (laughs) So, okay. So they had no problem with it. Yes. (laughs) For over a hundred years. That is correct. And then as soon as this movie came out, they're like, wait a second. After these last hundred years that we've been thinking about this, (laughs) now that we've had this new development that Mm -hmm. wasn't real. Yes. You can't use them anymore. Yes, absolutely. And... Listen to this. In 2001, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I'm sorry. Alamogordo, sure, New Mexico. Ouija boards, hordes of them, mm-hmm. joined copies of Harry Potter and Disney Snow oh. White in a burning of the century. Snow White? Snow White. Really? You got one woman and seven little guys? Are you kidding me? No. That's, yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh. That's a harem if I've ever heard of one, you know? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Sounds like a good time to me. So, great. So, Christian religious groups still remain wary of the board, citing scripture denouncing communication with spirits through mediums. Catholic.com calls the no. Ouija board, quote, far from hom- harmless. And as recently as 2011, the 700 Club, Hope Pat Robertson, declared that demons can indeed reach us through the board. 
Even within the paranormal community, Ouija boards enjoyed a dodgy reputation. Mm-hmm. Merch says that he, when he first began speaking at paranormal conventions, he was told to leave his antique boards at home because they scare people too much. Oh, yeah. Um, Parker Brothers and later Hasbro. So Parker Brothers were the first people to own it, and then it got it got sold to Hasbro yeah. after they acquired Hasbro. Or excuse me, after Hasbro acquired Parker Brothers in '91, still sold hundreds of thousands of them. But the reasons why people were buying them had changed significantly. Yeah. Ouija boards were spooky rather than spiritual with mm-hmm. a distinct vision of danger. They went from something that moms would do with their friends to something that the counterculture would do to piss off their parents. Ah, yes. Yes, <laughs> definitely. It makes sense. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. So now we're going to jump into modern day stuff. Great. Okay. So. I hate to do this. No, do you please. know if it's still owned by Hasbro? It, yes. As of right now, it is still owned okay. by Hasbro. And okay. it's really interesting because there's like cute versions of it now. I know. Like we've seen the Stranger Things yeah, in Target. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's really bizarre. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, and it's actually been used in a lot of like more modern day media as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have ever seen the I don't know if I would call them good, but they're a thing that was made. Paranormal Activity <laughs> 1 and 2, they both featured a Ouija board. Okay. It popped up in episodes of Breaking Bad, Castle. It was in Breaking um, Bad? It was in Breaking Bad. Yeah. We'll have to look it up. I, I don't have... remember that. Yeah. We'll look it up. Okay. Um, And then throughout basically all of Zach Baggins' uh, lifespan and a lot of paranormal reality TV programs. Um, Hot Topic walmart target really amazon of course they sell the boards and you can get cute little um ouija board bra and underwear and some um like handmade planchets on etsy there's so many things but of course the real question is that everyone wants to know is how do ouija boards work yeah all right did you find it I'm trying to find it. Okay. Um, it looks like it's something that Hector uses. Nice. Um, you know, the the older guy. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, so they're using... Okay, yeah. So him and his son. Yeah. Or and or grandson. I don't remember. They're, so he basically uses it with his, the, his son to say what he wants to say because mm-hmm. he can't speak exactly yeah so it's an interesting thing because basically he's just using it for the alphabet right but i love that they out of all the things that they could use yeah they use a ouija board that's cool it's, it's great editing right there yeah <laughs> all right are you ready to dive into the science let's definitely go for it so how do ouija boards work Ouija boards are not, as scientists say, powered by spirits or even demons. However, you know, this is this is pretty disappointing, but mm, I, think I like better. science. Yeah. yeah. I think it's better. It makes me feel better. I still yeah. don't trust them. I still right. won't touch them, but it makes you feel a bit better. Yeah. So this is actually potentially useful, even though it can be disappointing, depending on who you are, because science says that they are powered by us. Even when we protest that we're not doing it, we swear. Mm-hmm. Ouija boards work on a principle known to those who study the mind as the 
idiometer effect. In 1852, physician and physiologist William Benjamin Carpenter published a report for the Royal Institution of Great Britain Mm. examining these automatic muscular movements that take place without the conscious will or violation volition excuse Mm -hmm. me of the individual so think about when you cry to a sad film and you don't you're not telling yourself cry i'm sad it just happens yeah or when you automatically um you get scared by um by seeing something out of the corner of your eye but you're not telling yourself oh fear yeah it just things it's things that happen sure Almost immediately, other researchers saw applications of the idiometer effect. I'm going to go idiometer. Idiometer effect in the popular spiritualist pastime. Mm -hmm. In 1853, chemist and physicist Michael Faraday, intrigued by table turning. Mm -hmm. So mind you, this is before um, uh, Ouija boards were actually created, but that table turning thing is there. Conducted a series of experiments that proved to him, though not to most spiritualists, that the table's motions were due to the idiomotor actions of the participants. The effect is very convincing. I'm going to be throwing a lot of doctors at you, so just bear with me. As Dr. Chris French, professor of psychology and uh, anomalistic psychology, great, Uh, at the University of London explains, quote, it can generate a very strong impression that the movement is being caused by some outside agency, but it's actually not. Mm. Other devices such as dowsing rods, which are very big in the paranormal community, um, or more recently, the fake bomb detection kits that deceived scores of international governments and armed services it's a thing work on the same principle of the non-conscious movement. He says, quote, the thing about all these mechanisms we're talking about. So dowsing, dowsing rods, Ouija boards, pendulums, these small tables, they're all devices whereby a quite small muscular movement can have a drastically large effect. Mm -hmm. Planchants in particular are well suited for their task. Many used to be constructed of lightweight wooden board and fitted with small casters to help them move smoothly and freely. And now because they have plastic and they usually have felt feet on them, they can slide across a board with little, Mm -hmm. little movement. Uh, Dr. French says, and with Ouija boards, you've got the whole social context, which adds to it. It's usually a group of people and everyone has a slight influence. With Ouija boards, not only does the individual give up some conscious control to participate, so it can't be me, people think, but also in a group, no one person can take credit for the planche's movement, making it seem like the answers must be coming from an otherworldly source. Mm -hmm. Moreover, in most situations, there is an expectation or suggestion that somehow the board is mystical or magical. Once the idea has been implanted, French says, there's almost a readiness for that to happen. Sure. So what do you think? I like that. You like that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Especially in the way it was conceived in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, that explanation makes so much sense to me. Okay. Like imagine if a group of like middle school girls mm-hmm. Or at a slumber party mm-hmm. and you break out the Ouija board, everyone's supposed to lightly touch it with one finger, right? And all of a sudden, 
there's just a tiny little shift and someone's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> who was that? And then and nobody wants to speak up because they don't want to be like, oh, it was me. Right, exactly. But they're just like, well, it wasn't us. Uh-huh. Like, well, it wasn't me either. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It makes sense. Okay. Okay. I, I like I like that. I like that too. Well, now I'm going to completely flip it and I'm going to tell oh, you two supposedly real oh, stories. You really buried the lead on that one. I you know. Let me, you let me wrap the rope around and everything. Well, but here's the thing. I want to hear your thoughts after I read this as well because okay. I want to compare okay. these two things. I think that it's very interesting because these are the stories that are usually more heard and these are the stories that these stories are the reason that i'm scared of it okay okay all, all right. right so this first one is from uh reddit user tom ford tom okay. ford sure all right i'm gonna bow out for this one. Oh, okay i'm gonna let you tell the story okay all right when i was little my mom took out a ouija board and asked my brother and i if we'd like to play with it It started out pretty funny. Someone was obviously moving the glass thing, making words like poop and butt and stuff like that. Did I mention we were young enough for this to be the most hilarious thing? But then my mom said, let's get serious and try to contact someone. Of course, here's where it gets weird. A friend of hers had recently gone missing. He'd been missing for a month or so and nobody knew where he was. When we asked who it was we were talking to, his name was spelled out. For the sake of the story, let's just say his name was George, since I don't actually genuinely remember. (laughs) When we asked George if he was my mom's friend, he said, yes. My mom got visibly upset, and when we asked where he was, it spelled out, in a lake. It was extremely upsetting, and and we stopped immediately. Mom tried to be lighthearted about it, and since I was young, I believed it was no big deal as well, following her lead just to make her comfortable. About two weeks later, they found George's body. He'd been hit by some car or train or something on the bridge, and his body had fallen into the nearby lake, though it was more like a very large pond. It was a reasonably remote place, so nobody had found it for a while. But when we found out the news, it was almost like it wasn't a surprise to us. Ew. (laughs) I hated that. So short and sweet for the first one. That's Um, the worst. Yeah. Uh, So that's unfortunate. But see stuff like that. Well. I know it's just a story, but. I will also say. Were they really using the Ouija board? Prior to this news coming out, yeah, or did they true. use it after? This is true. You and know, just it's... line up the two events in a different way. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's that's the next gross. one. Gross. I hate it. I know. Okay. This one is from. This is my my last one. Okay. Okay. By Jay Caliente. <laughs> that's actually me, though. Yes, Jay Hot. Yes. Is Caliente like hot or spicy? It's hot. Hot? Okay. Well, yeah, it's uh, like both. Spicy meatball. Spicy meatball. Okay. Yeah, you know. I hate myself. You know. Yes. All right. You ready for the story? It was my first and only time. I was at a friend's apartment in the, in, in the same complex. There was about five of us just unwinding after a heavy day of drinking by the pool. My friend's roommate brought up that 
he had a Ouija board. We were all kind of drunk, so we thought, why not? Initially, it was only my friend and his roommate using the board. They were sitting on the ground with a board across their knees. Keep in mind, my friend had never used this Ouija board, so I was watching him learn. It went from like he was obviously moving the eye to a real smooth movement all of a sudden. The board just started spinning up random sequences of numbers that baffled everyone. So the guys on looking thought this was a total, total bullshit and wanted to do something else. Everyone was going to quit until I told them that I knew those numbers. It was my sister's birth date, the month, the date, and the year. They asked the board if it wanted me. It said yes. Everyone immediately told me to get on my knees, get on the board, and I drunkenly obliged. I switched places with my friend's roommate on the board, and we all began to ask questions. I asked how it knew my sister's birth date. Mind you, my sister is alive and well. Then I remembered my sister is named after one of my great-grandmothers because they share the same birthday. It claimed to be like my great-grand-aunt or something, something related to me. So I'm thinking that's how she knew those numbers would mean something to me because those were her sister's birthday too. Anyways, I asked if it was there to help me. It said no. Then one of my friends idiotically yelled out, had it come to hurt me? Which made me quite uneasy, but again, it said no. Whew. I asked if it was just there to watch and monitor me. It said yes. It spelled out that its name was Yolanda and that she had died of diabetes. I just remember at one point me and my friend spinning, but not spinning the eye so fast, but it was just spinning in smooth circles that it tripped out everybody who was there. I also remember me and my friend looking away from the board altogether and have the onlooker say the letters and it would spell complete words. After all of this was done, I felt rather indifferent about the experience at first. It was purely overwhelming for me to think about it at that point. As time passed, I tried to dismiss the strangely coincidental things that had happened that night, but it didn't really mean anything. Flash forward about a month or two later, and I'm back at home for a weekend on a Sunday morning, and I asked my mom casually if she had ever had an aunt or a great aunt named Yolanda, or if it had any significance to my family. She looked at me in a way that I will always remember and gave me the most blank stare I have ever seen on her face. She immediately demanded to know where I had heard that name from. And because it's my mom, I decided not to lie. I told her my friends and I got drunk and we played with a Ouija board. She looked at me with this blank stare and said, you shouldn't mess around with that stuff. Why were you messing around with that stuff? I told her, mom, who's Yolanda? She just kept saying, don't mess around with that stuff. Promise me you won't mess around with that stuff again. I asked once more, and this time, instead of answering, she just walked out of this room. To this day, she has never confirmed or denied the existence of a person named Yolanda in my family, and I'm completely clueless. That's it? That's it. What? <laughs> That's not satisfying in any I way. I know. I'm sorry. There was no updates? Well, there was no updates. That was nine years ago, too. Oh, come. I know. I know. I know. That was interesting. So, unfortunately, that was really all I could find for, like, you know, supposed firsthand accounts because yeah. I just think that people, first of all, Reddit is a beautiful thing, but people kind of suck at typing out their stories. People are really bad at spelling. Yeah, so Still. bad. 
And people like they like to, you know, how when we say like, hey, like that's six Y's, mm -hmm. people type that out. And I was like, oh, you're taking up so much space. Yeah. So I couldn't find, unfortunately, a lot of the creepy stories that I've heard, you know, on other podcasts or in books or really kind of like the scary stories that I've seen depicted in 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 movies and in games. Do you remember in um shoot, what's that that Wendigo um uh, until dawn, right? That that video game with um Hayden Hayden, Hayden yeah. Penetier and uh Raimi. They have a Ouija board moment where the 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 a planchette just like whips across the board and it scares the actual poop out of me. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. So I unfortunately couldn't find a lot of stories like that, but maybe you, dear listener, have for your own. Maybe. I want to say send it in, but honestly, keep that damn <laughs> stuff to yourself. I don't want to hear. <laughs> I'll read it. <laughs> there we go. Jesse will read it. So yeah. if you have your own story, uh, please send it to anything spooky goes at gmail.com. Wow. Wow. All right. So last but not least, Justin. Huh. What do you think? You've heard the science. You've heard the stories. I have one more thing after this, but I want to hear what you think first. Um, yeah, you know, you presented a lot I did. tonight. Some and... may say too much. No. <laughs> um a lot of it is very compelling um and i i don't know i just don't think it's worth tempting yeah no matter what like even if it started out as a parlor game mm -hmm. that meant nothing yeah just i'm i'm always of the i'd rather not jump in and regret the consequences later mm -hmm. I'd rather try and learn about the consequences first yeah, and make the decision for myself whether or not I want to do it. Sure. I really like that because, and I, I honestly echo that as well. I know that it's, it's probably an unpopular opinion because it's, it's definitely not fun. Like we're not going to be the most popular people in the room mm -hmm. and that's fine mm -hmm. because I would so much rather know fingers crossed that I'm not messing with something that I don't understand than have yeah. something ruin my life. Yes. And ruin the lives of people around me that I love and care about because I decided to play with something that was $12.99 at Target. Yeah. You know, like I'm not, it's not worth it. Yeah. I believe it's called the precautionary principle. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So going off of that, mm -hmm. I've told you some science, as I said. I've told you some stories. Mm -hmm. <sighs> but if you, you, that's right, you, I'm talking to you. If you're still not scared, if you're still a non-believer in the science I told you, I at least have to do the correct thing, in my opinion, and tell you how you can protect yourself. Ah, okay. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here are some tips from cultofweird.com on how you can, fingers crossed, keep yourself safe mm -hmm. just in case. Because you're not going to listen to me. Who are you talking to? I mean, come on. Who do you think you are? Uh, ridiculous. Who do you think we are? Who do you think we are? Experts? <laughs> <laughs> Justin, hmm. number one, mm -hmm. never, mm -hmm. I repeat, never mm -hmm. use the Ouija board by yourself. I have heard that. Playing the Ouija board, playing Ouija by yourself leaves you more vulnerable to an evil spirit coming through from the other side. So please make sure to play with someone else, at least one other person. Mm -hmm. Number two. This just seems like a no-brainer, but I guess 
Never use the Ouija board in a graveyard. Using a Ouija board in a graveyard or somewhere where maybe hurt perhaps a violent murder took place can cause a malevolent entity to come through the veil. I Don't mean, tempt it. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. But like a, a violent murder could happen anywhere. Yeah. You know? This so, is very true. This, the graveyard feels a little redundant almost yeah just, like just don't use it just don't yeah just don't because you never know where a violent murder took place yep what if out in your backyard mm-hmm. where you're using your Ouija board mm-hmm. a fox came in and murdered a squirrel you know hey like that you, you really want that malevolent squirrel spirit coming back mm-hmm. and attacking you using the Ouija board I mean I don't think you do no it doesn't sound like it's worth it so don't <laughs> love how you're just like animal murders. It's true. It's real. <laughs> I've seen it. It is. It is. All right. Number three, never burn a Ouija board. Contrary to popular belief, you can't just burn your problems away. A Ouija board is said to scream if you try to burn it. Ew. <laughs> Anyone who hears the board scream will have 36 hours to live. What? I know. Burning a Ouija board doesn't work anyway, according to stories, as it always seems to end up back in its owner's home intact. I actually did find some other stories where people were like, yeah, I threw it in the trash and then they came back and they woke up and it was just sitting next to them the next day. Was it like the Target Super uh, Stranger Things one? Yeah. Because <laughs> that would be really funny. You're like, yeah, I actually uh, threw this in the garbage because it wasn't good anymore. Right. Like, exactly. I, and it just shows back up. Like, oh, well. Hi. It's, it's back. Cool. <laughs> I guess it's with us now. <laughs> Just what I wanted. It's fine. Again. <laughs> um, according to the experts of cultofweird.com, the proper way and the only way to dispose of a Ouija board is to break it into seven pieces, sprinkle it with holy water, and then bury it. All right. Three more. Never leave the planchet on the Ouija board. Left unattended. Mm-hmm. Leaving the planchet on the board can allow a demon or spirit to escape from the board. Another way something can escape is if you allow the planchet to count down through the numbers of the alphabet on the board by itself. Ew. Yes. Number five, don't ever ask when you will die. I don't know why. Maybe because it's something you shouldn't know or because a spirit will invent a terrible fate for you to see if it comes true. But that's just kind of one of those big questions where it's like, I think a lot of people go back and forth with it like oh if you knew the exact date you would die like would you live your di- would you live your life differently and it's like well you know what i kind of just don't want to know yeah that's so that's kind of the fun of it yeah exactly and last but certainly most important gosh freaking darn it always <laughs> yes say goodbye correct Closing the board is so important as it shuts the door to the other side and prevents lingering spirits from interfering with your life. Thank the spirits, regardless if they're malevolent or not, and say goodbye. Mm-hmm. The planchet needs to move down to the word goodbye on the board. Then you can safely put the board back in its box. If the spirit does not say goodbye back, you need to once again say goodbye, then pass the planchet through the flame of a candle. Sometimes you will find variations or additions to these rules, such as never ask about God, place a silver coin on the board for protection, never play the Ouija board when you are sick or weak, as that can make you vulnerable Mm -hmm. to possessions, and never play if you think it's just a game, um, because you never know what can happen to you. 
Yuck. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think the uh, in the Exorcist Reagan doesn't say goodbye oh, when she God. plays with it. I hate that. That's so what much. happens. Yeah. That is just one of the rules of thumb where it's like, you know what? If you want to ruin your life and just play with it, go yeah. for it. But you have to say goodbye. Well, also, like if you're born in the Midwest, <laughs> it's going to take you 45 minutes. So you better start <laughs> early. You know what I'm you saying? You just like, start the conversation. You got to say, with- all right, well, uh, we're. We're getting ready. What do you think? Probably should head out, huh? Huh? Yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna sneak right by you there. Yeah. And then you're gonna be like, oh well, yeah, I got this uh this jacket down at the fleet farm for uh nice deal. And then everybody, you know, and then you get into something else, takes uh-huh. you another 30 minutes to get to get gone. You start so. talking about the packers yeah. and the fish fry, and it's oh, yeah. just oh yeah. Oh my god. I just i hate how accurate it is it doesn't it shouldn't be but it sure freaking is Mm -hmm. so thank you for listening to my unraveling of the ouija board that was amazing thank you so much that was very scary it was very long and i'm quite tired and i have to pee oh great it was really fun thank you great job thank you so much i really enjoyed yours as well wow wow uh i think we need to move into recommendation station i think so too and this week you have to go first son of a gun because last week i went first darn it justy well justin voss what have i done recently (laughs) (laughs) nothing ah i should know better i should know that i have these coming up yeah, you should. And that there's things that are waiting for me. Okay, this is going to be kind of a lame one because it's all I can think about at mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm. I recognize that it's not for everybody. And so if it's not for you, that is a-okay by me. Mm. But for me, as a lifelong fan, Jesse Voss and I recently just saw the last Daniel Craig James Bond. Ah, yes. No time to die. Mm -hmm. And hear me out. Again, I recognize it's not everybody's things, but when I say to you that I spent about five minutes, five to ten minutes, give or take, at the end of the film, after the credits had gone, just sitting in my chair, sobbing. Yeah. I think we were like the last people to leave the theater definitely close yeah it just it was just everything that i wanted the end of that saga to be and it made me incredibly happy it also destroyed me but it made me very happy yeah it was great it was really fun yeah i also just i've been i think that like going to the movie theater is something that has brought me so much joy Mm -hmm. again because that is something that was basically like the establishment of a relationship and yeah, so we did that a lot in yeah, college yeah so just made me very happy it's it's making me happy to go into the movies so, yeah yeah nice nice it's cop out but whatever no it's a good one thank you what do you got for me uh my recommendation is uh less of a recommendation and more of a do it if you don't want to die oh interesting so right. this weekend we start daylight savings time the clocks will change this weekend. Um, and a big thing 
when clocks change for daylight savings yes. is checking your smoke detectors. That's beautiful. Make sure all of the smoke detectors in your home and or establishment work appropriately. Yes. Also, doesn't hurt to check your furnace filter, especially if you're living in Wisconsin. Yikes. Anywhere that's going to get cold. Yikes. Like, you want to make sure that stuff's working. Make sure it's up to date and it all functions properly. So. I'm going to write that in um, my weekly to-do. That is, uh, yeah, less of a recommendation. More of like a please do it. Yes. Because it's good for you. That's beautiful. You um, care about people. Yeah. So just, I think, I think. All we can really say is continue to be spooky. And be safe. Goodbye. Goodbye.